Yeah, it's game week! Right? Can I say game week or or no? Does that No, not, you can. It, it does? is fully authorized. Okay. Well, I, I was hoping so. I There will be competitive football at Owen Field. We get to attend a uh, live and competitive football game uh, Saturday at Owen Field. So I was just making sure I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I know everyone's still excited about the Brent Venables era, and really the first time it's not a real game, but the first real glimpse that we get to uh, have at the team, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I am uh, also interested in early week what the biggest takeaway or what the biggest overreaction is going to be on the spring game. So, uh, text line, let's go. Waking you up here a little bit. Uh, 405-651-3439. What's your early week guess as what the massive overreaction is going to be? One side of the ball is going to suck on Saturday. That's going to be the fan perception. Well, and that's... That's exactly where I was going to go with my overreaction. I think that if it is going to be one side of the ball, it's probably going to be the defense. Now, again, I think that it's going to be an overreaction because I think what we might see on Saturday is not accurate in terms of what we're going to see in the fall. If I had to guess who's going to win the day, Parker, I'm going to guess that the offense is probably going to win the day. They are currently in an install, yes, but I think the you know mental level of the defensive install is going to be a lot more complicated, man. Plus, I think this offense is going to want to go fast at times. Um, the skill position players are really good offensively right now. What I'm saying is, I, offensively, I think there is a bigger edge right now than there is defensively. And so I would imagine that the offense is going to hit on some big plays, score some points, and the overreaction is, oh my God, the defense has such a long ways to go. They do have a long ways to go, but I don't think it's going to be as uh, you know a- as uh, big of a gap as maybe we might see at times on Saturday. They'll be they'll be fine. People will find something to overreact to, and I do agree with you. The offense is probably going to be further along than the defense at this stage. But the, say Dylan Gabriel throws an interception. Say it's on a deflected pass where, in all actuality, the interception should be. <laughs> credited to the wide receiver more so than the quarterback. People are going to take that and run with it. Sure. People are going to take something and run with it regardless of how things play out on Saturday. So we're just going to have to stay prepared for whatever the overreactions might be. But to me, Tyler, in most cases, a spring game is a lose-lose because the fans are pissed about something in the aftermath regardless of how it all plays out. To me, this is really a win-win just because – Oklahoma football gets some positive press in the public eye. Baker Mayfield gets his Heisman statue dedicated. We get to see dynamically what this new football team is like, and it's going to be a long way from a finished product on Saturday sure. when they hit the field. It's going to be a long way from a finished product. But it's going to get people buzzing. For better or worse, it's going to get people buzzing about and, the season ahead. And hey, you uh, for, forgot to mention the massive recruiting weekend that is going to be taking place at OU this weekend. And before we get to that, and before we get to uh, all the responses that we're getting right now on the text line and what the massive overreaction is going to be, appreciate all the interaction, by the way, um, we have a certain recruiting update that happened <laughs> over the weekend. A guy that both you and I feel good about when it comes to OU's chances. Did 24-7 Sports just totally like update the rankings just for this one particular prospect? Yeah, legit, they did. So, completely unscheduled update mm. to the top 24-7 this morning. 
pretty much solely to move a couple of players into the top 24-7. One of them being, and the highest ranked of them being P.J. Adabare, the four-star edge rusher out of North Kansas City High School. Now the number 104 player in the country. Wow. Tyler, he was previously unranked out of the top 247. And he had his fourth star, but he was kind of on the fringe. So, in reality, this was about a 200-spot jump for P.J. And it happened on the heels of an outstanding performance at the Under Armour Next Camp in Kansas City last weekend. I mentioned in the aftermath of that camp how everybody was just blown away by this kid and that you were probably going to see him take a big jump up the rankings in the very near future. And that's what happened. And I don't expect that... PJ is going to quit rising. I think he's going to continue to rise to the point where I'm honestly starting to believe at this point, Tyler, that he could encroach upon five-star territory Which by the time it is all said and done. Yeah, a month or two ago you didn't think was you know maybe a, a, a possible. But how he performed in Kansas City and if he has a great upcoming season, yeah, man. Yeah. He, well, he doesn't have that much further to rise. He's the number yeah. 11 edge player in the country. If he has the senior season that everybody expects him to have, that's a guy that could be knocking on the door of top 50 status and the fifth star by the time this cycle wraps. That has officially become the new ceiling for PJ. Well, you gotta be you gotta be really good, and you must be you know one of the top trending. I don't say this lightly, Parker. You gotta be one of the top trending prospects in an entire recruiting class for a service like 24/7 to say. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna make some small changes here, but let's make sure this kid is just right outside the top exactly. one. I mean, you really, really, really have to be making moves as a prospect for for that to be the case. I don't feel like that happens just all the time. There were eight players that moved into the top twenty four seven this morning. Most of them were guys that just barely snuck onto the list, guys that had had outstanding camp performances, and so earned a pretty decent boost. Ricky Collins, four-star quarterback out of Louisiana, who's currently committed to Purdue, another guy that I really, really like and that I'm pretty sure I've talked about on this show before. That's another guy uh, that saw his stock rise in a big way, but no, in a big way, but nobody rose further than P.J. Atabare. And that tells you that this dude <laughs> – is set up for what should be a pretty special senior season. And if Oklahoma can close the deal on him, man, that is going to be a key cog in this recruiting. Yeah, no doubt. And it sounds like OU's in a really good spot. Now, Georgia's in on this one. Michigan is in on this one. Iowa in on this one as well. Are are those the three main contenders here? Yeah, they are. Um, I I just have a hard time believing at this point that he's going to go anywhere but Oklahoma. And I've been wrong on this type of thing before. I have. I'll be the first to admit it. But OU fits PJ and fits his family better than anywhere else at this point. And it's really not close because the proximity factor is huge. He wants to go somewhere where his parents can watch him play. The combination that Oklahoma boasts of prestige and proximity, 
I think it's going to be tough for any other program to overcome that. Sure. Yeah, and, and that massive recruiting weekend they had almost two months ago uh, that we were touting the first big recruiting weekend of the Brent Venables era. Yep. PJ was in for that weekend, and it really seemed like that was what turned the tide in his recruitment for now. A, a, a lot can happen, but at least for now, that may have been the weekend that really turned the tide in OU's favor, and it, it's felt like he's been a pretty big OU lean ever since that weekend. And the- yeah, and what will be interesting to me is to see whether he comes back to OU on his own dime before taking the official. And he's going to take the official over the summer with the Sooners. I would tend to believe that especially now that he's risen the rankings as much as he has, the Sooners say, hey, you, you know what, why don't you come on down? Come on down again. We know you liked it last time. Uh, bring the parents back and uh, let's do this one more time before you're official. Well, we've talked about several weekends in the past couple of months where we said, all right, here's another big recruiting weekend for OU. Over, under on commitments is .5 or one and a half, whatever. Does this still stand to be the biggest recruiting weekend that OU's had thus far in the Brent Venables era? Is that what Saturday is going to be? It has potential. And Brandon Drum and I are going to be working on compiling a visitor list throughout the week. Uh, of all the guys that will be in attendance. And I'll say this, I think March 26th visitor list, and look, I understand that it was mostly 2024 guys. I think we're going to look back at all the talent that they had on campus that day, and we're going to say, ooh, that might have been the biggest recruiting weekend in OU history. But that's not to discount or downplay what the spring game could be this week and if everything breaks in OU's direction. And a lot of these guys that are kind of sitting on the fringe of visiting slash not visiting, looking at other places before ultimately deciding that, hey, they want to come back to Norman. If a lot of those break the right way for Oklahoma, yeah, this could be a really special weekend and one where we might see a commitment or two. Hey, Tyler. all right, break the draft. That's, that's what bit, everybody's man. waiting on. Break the draft a little bit. I think it could happen yeah. this weekend. Okay. Yeah, I um, we'll, we'll put an over under on it later this week, and I will probably be taking the under. Okay. Well, I it's probably going to be at zero point five is is it, oh, where okay. it's going to be. Well, shoot, I'll so, take the over. Then. So it sounds like that is the number at least as of uh, Monday. I want to get to some of these overreactions, what they're going to be on the text line uh, again four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. This one says Dylan Gabriel is going to be the Heisman winner. Not that he can't next season, but that's my take for an overreaction. That's a pretty good place to start, and something that I was kind of hinting at last week is what I thought it might be. I've changed my mind a little bit. If Dylan Gabriel goes out there, Parker, and, you know, whatever the numbers look like, but if he's able to throw the deep ball and OU hits on a couple deep balls down the field, something that they really didn't have all that much last year, there is going to be a massive overreaction. Because I think people now are OU fans. Yeah, I I think he's going to have a really nice year. I think he has a pretty good chance to be the uh, first-team All-Big 12 quarterback. But if he goes out there and hits on a couple deep balls, he goes like 9 for 11 on the day and tosses a couple touchdown passes, the word Heisman may be thrown around oh Saturday Oh, after boy, the, the rap poison's already flowing. Somebody said, TD Roof pick six, Ted Roof plus TD Roof end zone celebration will cause the stadium noise to create an earthquake. I like that. I like that a lot. I love that. Any word on Peyton Bowen attending the spring game? We'll work on that. I know the plan initially was for him to be at Notre Dame this weekend. So that was kind of the one we were waiting on to see whether Oklahoma could turn the tide and get him back in Norman for what would be his fourth unofficial visit of the year, of the calendar year, of the year 2022. 
if he comes back to Norman. So we'll see what happens there. But so it's not for sure though that he's going to to Notre Dame. Is that what is that what you're saying? Because you and I talked about a couple weeks ago where he ends up this weekend is going to maybe be a really big indicator on where he's truly leaning. Agreed. And right now I think he's leaning OU. A lot of people think he's leaning OU. If OU can get him on campus for the spring game. Like, look, if he goes to Notre Dame this weekend, it's not even close to the end of the world because he will be back at OU at some point. Sure. Regardless of where he goes this weekend. But if he's in Norman, that pretty much tells you all you need to know. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah for sure. No, I, I think I agree with that. If he's if he goes to Notre Dame, well, he's a Notre Dame commit, okay, you still got plenty of time to to, to, to flip this kid. But if he's at OU, then you would imagine that that Notre Dame commits, you know, that that's going to come down pretty pretty soon, and Notre Dame's going to get a decommit, and maybe OU will get a commit out of this deal. No, I, I agree with that for sure. Hey, hit us up with more of your overreactions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. It is Locked In with McComas and Thune. More football, more Cruton on the other side. Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on the ref where the homeless Sooner fans, Tyler and Parker, inside the Brano Havers, Brano Havers Studios on this Monday of a game week. I'll be calling it a game week all week long. So by if you're way, irritated by that, sorry, it's happening. By the way, did you hear the news out of Stillwater? Uh, no. It's not a game week in Stillwater. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like it. Glorified practice, basically. No, it's literally a practice. Like, they're yeah, not yeah, doing yeah, a yeah. spring game. Yeah, they're yeah. just hosting an open practice because Mike Gundy said, we don't have enough big guys up front to split up and have a game. Yeah, um, I don't know if they've done it every year. It seems like that's kind of been the norm. Like, Mike Gundy doesn't necessarily believe in the structure of an actual spring game. It feels like more years than not recently they've elected to go with just, hey, we're just going to kind of have a practice, whatever, and, and people come out and hang out. That's what Mike Leach said. Uh, Mississippi State's spring game got rained out this weekend, and Mike Leach did not care uh, one bit. He has never believed in the structure of a spring game, doesn't really care about it, and it sounds like if he didn't think the fan base would get mad at him for not having it, that you know he, he wouldn't have one at all. So I guess well, spring, Mike Gandy Spring games to, are for the fans, really. Sure. I mean, that's all they are because they scrimmage just about every day at a certain point in spring practice. It's it's nothing that the players aren't used to. It's just it's more than anything else to get the fans engaged, to simulate an actual stadium environment for your players. And, you know, it's it, it's not something that's a necessity. It's never been. So I I guess I get it, but I also think the spring game is a very useful tool, not just in terms of getting your fans involved and engaged, but also for recruiting as well. Uh, a couple recruiting nuggets before we move uh, back to the text line. First, Richard Young talked a lot about Richard Young, uh, five-star composite running back from the state of Florida. Talked about OU's chances with him. Well, Wilt Fong of 24-7 Sports put in a crystal ball today for Alabama. Yeah, so, I, and look, I, I've been saying it all along. Do not get your expectations or your hopes up with regard to Richard Young in Oklahoma. This has felt all along like the type of thing where Alabama was ultimately going to be the landing spot. That's where I would put my money. That appears to be where Steve has put his money. That's always been where the safe money is. So does he end up taking an official visit to Oklahoma? Maybe. He says he's going to. I'm not convinced it happens, but we'll see. There's a new number one recruiting class as well, according to 24-7 Sports. 
it's the Texas Tech Red Raiders. The Texas what? Tech Red Raiders. Tech has the number one recruiting class, 15 commits, four four-stars, 11 three-stars. And uh, they've been the number two recruiting class for a while. And we've always said every time we bring this up, well, okay, they got a lot of early commits with new coach Joey McGuire, who has deep roots in the state of Texas. That was a fantastic hire by Tech, in my opinion. We'll see if these guys stick. Um, well, so far, not only have they stuck, but they've been adding more prospects to to the board. Now, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, other teams will catch. They don't have any five stars. They only have four four stars to date. So they're the number one class because they have the most commits. That's why they won't end up being the number one class. No. But a fantastic, got to be the best recruiting start in Tech history. Can they keep it together? That becomes the question. That's always been my concern with this Tech recruiting class. Look, Joy McGuire and his staff have done a fantastic job. How many of these guys are they going to be able to hold on to? Because I take a look at another guy that jumped into the top 24-7 this morning, Calvin Simpson Hunt, the cornerback out of Waxahachie in Texas. He's committed there right now. He will have much more prestigious suitors for his services down the line. He does already, as a matter of fact. So can Tech hang on to a guy like that? And you look at some of the other teams right now in the top 10 of the 2023 recruiting rankings. You've got Louisville, you've got Baylor, you've got Colorado. Yep. I mean, this this is all going to regress to the mean at some point down the line. Uh, it's It's fun for Tech fans right now to enjoy this run that they're on, just like it's fun for Louisville fans and Baylor fans and Colorado fans to see their teams sitting in the top ten. It's not going to last. We got a question about this kid. That's why I'm bringing it up. Four-star wide receiver, uh, Kyle Casper. He's uh, is going, or committed to Oregon anyway. So yes. uh, <laughs> the SEC West out there in Eugene <laughs> continuing to uh, pile in recruits. Yeah, it was, it was interesting to see Kyler Casper make that decision. Not only – the decision to commit to Oregon, but he's actually reclassifying into the class of 2022. So he will be on campus in Eugene this summer. All right, let's get to more of these uh, overreactions on the text line. Mims leads the con- Mims leads the country in receiving because they actually use him right this year. Um, um, is that an overreaction? Yes. I think it's an overreaction, too, not because he's not – I mean, he's talented enough to, to lead the country in receiving. There's always some dude at East Carolina or Western Michigan that leads the country. There's just too many, I think, really good wide receivers this year for one dude to have a D.D. Westbrook 2016 type of season. Jaleel Farouk is, is going to be there. Uh, Drake Stoops is going to be back. you got a couple of these freshmen, including Nick Anderson, uh, that is that really impressed this far. Uh, Jaden Gibson being in there as well. Braden Willis is going to factor into the offense. Eric Gray, I'm sure, is going to get some reception. So it's not that Mims isn't good enough to be that type of dude. It's just there's so many other guys they're going to be throwing the football to this year. Yeah, by the way, uh, on to our contractually obligated content for the day. One listener says on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, how have you not talked about Cole Adams visiting tomorrow? Oh, is that happening? And yes, Cole Adams is visiting tomorrow. Whoa! Interesting. That's uh, a thing. Unofficial visit, I'm guessing? Unofficial visit. We how may, about that? We may be talking about OU's courtship with Cole Adams wow. having made tangible progress by this time tomorrow because... I fully expect that he's going to get an offer. Wow. Well, I, I wonder if there's going to be people picketing outside the Switzer Center. Uh, <laughs> Ken, you know Cole Kendall Adams will be. To get the offer. 
Kendall yeah. just heard us say that, and he's already on his way down Kendall to Norman. Kendall will 1,000% be outside the uh, Switzer Center tomorrow. Uh, it really wouldn't shock me, though, if people were standing outside the facility tomorrow and, uh, you know, trying to make that one happen. Uh, so, uh, more overreactions. Tyler and Parker, is this a re-over- overreaction? Could the Kent State football game be the last pay-per-view football game we see for Oklahoma if they move to the SEC in 2023. No, nope, that's not, not an a, overreaction. That's not an, an, an overreaction at all. If this is the last year that OU's in the Big 12, that is like fact. Yeah. O, OU will not be playing any more pay-per-view games. Now, you might have a game or two on you know SEC Network Plus. Like Maybe the Kent State game next year is on the SEC Network or SEC Network Plus, but not a, not a pay-per-view format. And in fact, I think, is OU the only college football program that plays a pay-per-view game still? Or are there others out there that still well, do? It's the Big 12. It's not OU. It's the Big 12. Does every single Big 12? Because Texas will play a game on the Longhorn Network. I don't think that they do a yeah, pay-per-view I mean, te- game, Texas right? is kind of the lone wolf in that regard because of the Longhorn Network. But, no, I think it's it's some contractual deal with the Big 12, between the Big 12 and Fox, I assume. Or, you know what? You may be right. I think Tyler. OU might you be the be only right. one. Yeah, OU might actually be the only one. <laughs> Biggest overreaction will be the thought that the insane crowd for the spring game means we won't have 70% of the student section empty by second quarter of the KU game. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. I don't know, though. Um, Porter did a pretty decent job of getting the students out to basketball games this year. Maybe Brent Venables will do a better job of getting the students to show up on time and maybe even stay later in the game than they usually do. I don't know. Just saying. He's, cha- he's challenging everyone else uh, at this point. He might as well challenge the students. Yeah, well, again, hey, we talked about this in the 12 o'clock hour, me and Steely did. You always get the same type of individual in the student section. It might not be the exact same couple thousand people every single game, but you get the exact same type of person. It, it, the majority of those students are inebriated, and a lot of them have plans after the game and very few of them are there to actually watch and enjoy football. Sure. They're just there because it's part of the college experience. Tyler, I can't wait to call in after the spring game, high on a win, and gush about DG like I did Caleb Williams after the Tech game. Ignorance is bliss. Hey, um, if you can't, I I look forward to the call after the spring game, by the way. But we're going to have a pretty awesome post-game show after the spring game. Uh, We'll be at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner from 5 to 7. Uh, I'll be there along with our buddy Travis Davidson. Jordan Evans is going to stop by. Parker, are you still going to try to I, stop I'm by? I'm going to try. Okay. Parker's going to try and stop by for a bit at uh, at Yo Pablo. I'm going to have some T-shirts to give away at Yo Pablo. You know, maybe a variation of, uh, of the style that we tweeted out last night on the ref account. Some Baker Mayfield type of T-shirts. So just saying, I don't know, maybe just come by Yo Pablo if you're coming to the game on Saturday. Gonna be a lot of fun. We'll be at Balfour uh, from what eleven thirty to one thirty. We'll also be on Campus Corner before the game pregame show. Balfour of Norman, right there on Campus Corner. So we'll be out and about on Saturday, um, giving you the best coverage of the Sooners, like we do every single day, and talking about all these overreactions that happen. I'm telling you, Parker, I can throw out about five to ten overreactions, but the, Javante Barnes is going to factor in there somehow. Eric Gray might end up having a nice day, and that's <laughs> but, great. But w- once people see Javante well, Barnes, it's like, oh, God. Yep, and I promise you that won't be an overreaction, Tyler. That will be a very valid reaction. 
I, I, I mean, is there anyone in camp so far that has generated more buzz than him? I'm not saying that he's the best player on the team. No, no, I get what I'm you're just, saying. J- like the buzz that he's creating. It's no, I don't think anyone has. I mean, seriously, everyone that's like at practice or kind of, you know, talking to people is like, yeah, that uh, true freshman wearing number two, playing at running back. He looks like he might be a player. Yeah, and he is a player. <laughs> And he's going to be really good for Oklahoma down the line. Heck, he's going to be really good in 2022. I'm excited. I'm as excited to see him in action as anybody this Saturday because folks are finally going to get to witness the Javante Barnes that folks behind the scenes have been raving about for months. The only thing I'm not uh, potentially excited about, windy with thunderstorms in the afternoon. High oh, of 81, winds south at 25 to 35 miles per hour. Oh, chance it's going to Chance of rain, 40%. Winds could occasionally gust over 40 miles per hour. Now, we got five days into the spring game. God knows uh, anyone that's ever lived here, the forecast could tra- change dramatically. We are factoring in the high winds because it's this time of the year in the state. But please, please just don't let it rain on Saturday. Just let us have just at least a partially good weather day. Come on. Is that too much to ask? Let's hope not, Tyler, because I don't want to be sitting down there at the spring game wearing a poncho. Yeah, that's not, uh, not going to help we, out the We crowd. deserve sun on the day of the spring game. Yeah. We deserve some nice weather. Yeah, we do. Uh, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Locked in with McComas and Thune. More to come next on the Homeless Center fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune on the ref. Tyler and Parker inside the Brown O'Haver studios on this Monday. It's spring game week. Let me get to the Air Coverage Solutions text line and then we'll move on. Uh, First, with the new coaching staff, Oklahoma will lead the nation in takeaways. That's my overreaction. Well, OU's been talking about takeaways, Parker, for about, what, three, four years now? ever since Alex Grinch first got on campus. And the takeaways did not come for Alex Grinch in his first season as defensive coordinator. Um, will OU improve its number of takeaways? I, I mean, maybe. Still a long ways to go on that. Lead the nation in takeaways? Probably not because Alabama's going to have one nasty defense this oh, year. I'll, I'll go ahead and take the Crimson oh, Tide boy. once again as the leader in takeaways. Yeah, that defense is going to be fearsome. But... As far as Oklahoma is concerned, no, I do think their takeaway numbers are going to increase because, as we've talked about, Brent Venable's defense is simply more intricate and gives you so many different looks as a quarterback and as an offense that you have to account for. So Venable's is going to confuse a lot of opposing quarterbacks, and that confusion is going to lead to turnovers. Are you going to have enough turnovers that you're going to be in the conversation as – one of the nation's stingiest defenses in terms of takeaways? Not necessarily, but I don't think we're going to have a stretch like they did under Alex Grinch a couple years back where they went something like five games without a turnover. That won't happen. Yeah, um, a great pass rush is, I, I mean, that's what really generates a lot of turnovers. Um, we'll see if this defense has a great pass rush or not. I, again, I think they're still trying to figure out who's going to be you know, kind of their edge rusher. There's guys coming off the edge. So without a great pass rush, it's it's hard to hard to get a lot of turnovers. Uh, at, this weather forecast says no rain in Norman until uh, 7 p.m. on Saturday. All right. 
all stand out in a hailstorm because BV asked for us to. Rain or shine isn't a suggestion, folks, okay? Uh, one more. Who does Parker project? OU will land on the D-line for the 2023 recruiting class. Hmm. That's a good question. I think at this point in time, the one I'm most confident with is P.J. Adabare, which is a good sign for OU fans because, again, P.J. Adabare continues to rise up the rankings, and I don't think he's done rising either. Beyond that, I still favor OU for by Job. I don't think that's a slam dunk. I don't. That's going to be one that the Oklahoma staff is going to need to work at and just they're just going to need to keep working at that one, keep chipping away, keep chopping wood until he does decide that Oklahoma is where he wants to be. I think an, I think there's an interesting case for Colton Vasick out of Austin Westlake, whom the Sooners hosted over the weekend. He was on campus on Friday. So maybe he's more in play than people are giving OU credit for. I don't – I can't make myself get too optimistic with DJ Hicks, man. I just can't. I want to. I really want to. I just can't. Yeah. At this point, I have to think A&M is the leader. The move to Houston until, really makes you say, okay. Yeah. All right. Caden McDonald, I think Oklahoma's in a phenomenal spot with him. I think they're in a sneaky good spot for Vic Burley out of the state of Georgia. Uh, Burley was very, very high on Clemson before that whole staff made the move to OU. So if they get him on campus in the near future, that one might get interesting. I'm not buying that they're in on Peter Woods. That one has all the makings of a Nick Saban special. And then I think the biggest question mark over the next couple of months is going to be Derek LeBlanc because he's announcing on July 23rd, Oklahoma feels confident, Florida feels confident, Miami feels confident. Everybody feels confident, and when everybody's when everybody feels confident, Tyler, nobody can feel too confident. Sure. So, if OU can pluck him out of the state of Florida and away from the Gators and the Hurricanes, that is a huge win on the recruiting trail, and one that will build a lot of momentum for that staff as they enter the final few months. Of three, that three cycle. first year staffs, man, tr- trying to go after a high profile defensive line. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot on the there's a lot on the line there, and OU certainly has you know somewhat of a disadvantage going up against two Florida schools for a Florida kid, but. They, they, they got a chance in this. They, they got a chance in that one for sure. And July 23rd's a long ways away. A lot of things can happen, and we'll see if uh, things start trending in OU's favor. Your uh, website, 24-7 Sports, yes. they had the uh, biggest trap game for every single team in the Big 12 this season. I dis- hey, what is Kansas's trap game? Texas. Not really. I'm just kidding. But uh. it would be funny <laughs> if KU's trap game was Texas, wouldn't it? It's uh, Tennessee Tech instead. OU's, I I disagree with, man, um, because I'm looking right at the Kansas State game as the biggest trap game this year. It's right smack dab in between the trip to Lincoln and OU Texas and Dallas. That's a a tough little uh, second game of a tough three-game stretch. 24-7 Sports says OU at TCU on October 1st. I disagree. I actually think it's the Iowa State game. Okay, I'm willing to go Iowa State over this TCU one, too. The reason I think it's the Iowa State game, Tyler, is because that game is going to be played off a bye week on a Thursday. 
So you're going to have an irregular week of practice. All the regular rhythms are going to be disrupted, and you got to go up to Ames, Iowa to play on a Thursday night. That one could get hairy. And I understand that Iowa State loses a lot of returning, or rather non-returning contributors. I get that. But that's exactly the type. Like, that is a tailor-made trap game. Yeah, um... Most of the time, it's looked at as, as a bad deal. Oh, my gosh. Iowa State, you know, turn, turning over so much talent. And they lost a lot of really good players. But losing Brock Purdy, that's, what, three footballs that aren't going to hit your defensive backs right in the hands, right? So that's at least three turnovers that might be walking out the door since Brock Purdy's not going to be playing a, a quarterback at Iowa State this year. So, if I yeah, if I had to rank the trap games – I would go Kansas State at home and probably that Iowa State game in uh, week two. I, I don't know where I'd rank. Not every game can be a trap game, so maybe at TCU is third. It actually comes in between that Kansas State game at home and the Texas game. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think TCU might be in for a pretty tough year with just the overall regime change that they have. And I understand that OU's undergoing one too. But TCU's going from kind of a defensive-minded program to they want to switch it up and you know be high-flying and score a lot of points. I'm just not so sure they have the personnel for that right now. I, I, don't, I don't know if they have that right now. Oh, boy. Muleshoe just tweeted the peace sign. Who are they getting now? Uh, I don't know. Probably some uh, quarterback in 2024, I it's, would imagine, it's, right? It's not Josh Connerly. We know that much. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to Oregon. Man, I. What if it's that LSU transfer? You know, hey, that's fine. It could be that running back, Corey Kiner. uh, I believe his name. I saw Caleb Williams retweeted his transfer announcement. So, hey, that that's fine. Um, Maybe they. uh, Okay, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into conspiracy theories. Was wasn't he like the second leading rusher for LSU last season? And everyone that enters into the portal, at least the way I think, I immediately think, okay, would OU be interested in this guy? And I thought, eh, I, running back OU seems fine right now. They they're, do seem they're, fine. They're, they're okay there, especially depth-wise. And an LSU transfer running back, that's just one of the things that would kind of drive the fan base crazy with everything that happened last year with the LSU transfer running back that you had that never played one down and transferred, what, right before the season started? So... LSU transfer running backs, Parker, I think have now kind of evolved into one of those things where the fan base is like, yeah, I'm good. No, thank you. It's almost like going head up against Alabama for a running back in recruiting. Just one of the situations that you want to avoid at all costs. Yeah, you're just like, you know what, I'm better off probably not touching this with a 10-foot pole. And I don't, doesn't doesn't sound like they're going to, which is fine. Uh, By the way, uh, OSU's trap game is Arizona State at home. I might say the Central Michigan game, actually, for, for OSU. Central <laughs> Michigan was uh, pretty good last year, and we know oh, they have a history. They, they've got a history, all right. Uh, I don't. Uh, Texas, is it possible to have a trap game when you only win five games a year? Uh, Texas trap game is UTSA. Uh, that is the week after the Alabama game at home, which they will get curb stomped in. I guess, I guess Kansas doesn't qualify as a trap game anymore if you've already fallen into the trap. Two out of five years, they've fallen into the trap, Parker. Uh, so, I'm just saying. Kansas State's is Tulane. Uh, what else? Iowa State's at Kansas. Baylor is at Texas Tech. But OU's is at TCU, and I, I, I disagree with that one. It's almost like they're just trying to, they're trying to make sure everybody has a different trap team. 
So they're just like, yeah, who do we got left for Oklahoma? TCU. Okay, yeah, throw them in there. Kansas State, in my opinion, is the trap game for OU. You say Iowa State on that Thursday night. All right, one final segment of Locked In coming up next. Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We'll close it up next. All right, final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. The Rush coming up next. Uh, Did you see what Notre Dame's doing in the NIL space? They have a new fund. It's called the Notre Dame Fund, Friends of the University of Notre Dame. And they've got a former player that's basically running it, backing it right now, Brady Quinn who I believe is on Fox Sports Radio every single morning. He's had a nice little media career. He's on the, uh, what, the Big Noon kickoff show, I yeah, think? Yeah, I, I was about to say, isn't he on the same set that Bob Stoops is on? Yeah, uh, or was on. Uh, Bob will no longer be oh, on that right. one. But uh, Brady Quinn backing up this new thing. It's basically like an internet uh, a website, and like Notre Dame supporters can go in there and donate money, and it somehow funnels back to the players somehow. But uh, my, I bring that up to ask this. Like, you have to consider, you know, guys that currently have something going on. Like, I, I, I'm going to ask you, like, who's the best former player to help really push OU forward in the NIL space, right? Well, the obvious answer would be, well, Baker Mayfield. Well, Baker Mayfield's kind of occupied right now trying to get, you know, a, a new fresh start in the NFL. So, and text line, feel free to help out with this one. I'm trying to figure out who the... Best ex-player, former player would be to put something together like this, like Brady Quinn did for Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame think that this is going to elevate them into new territory when it comes to recruiting. We'll see. Okay, so you got to look for a combination of money and emotional investment into the program. Who fits that bill? Um, I think there's a lot of guys that fit the bill. Who fits it best? Gerald McCoy? Gerald McCoy would be a good one. Now... Sam Bradford has the money. Sam Bradford has the name and the accolades. But I just don't, and I could be totally wrong about this. I don't know Sam personally, but he hasn't been around the program that long. I I don't know if he would be the guy that would be interested in helping OU get to the next level when it comes to to NIL. Hmm. I'm going to be racking my brain now. Who is... Roy Williams is on the text line. <laughs> Sam Bradford's on the text line. Adrian Peterson is on yeah, the text line. Yeah, I was going to go AD, but he still seems intent on uh, continuing to prolong this NFL dream, man, which props to him for doing so. But the end of the road is coming for him. Trent Williams? Trent Williams has made himself a nice little living in the NFL. Yeah, no, he has. He has. Lord knows he is heavily involved in the program's goings on. But he, fe- it feels like, or at least the way that he played last year, you know, pulling as a left tackle and lead blocking for somebody. Yeah, he's not slowing down. Anytime. He's not slowing down. He's got some years left in the NFL, especially uh, with the squad that he's playing on right now. What a freak of an athlete. Bosworth is on the list. I think Bosworth is – he was living in Austin. I think Bos may still be living in the Austin area. Ooh. So you'd have to pluck him out of uh, that region of Texas. Or just get him to take it down from the inside. That's true. Ryan Broyles is on here. Teddy's on here. I promise you don't want Teddy on here. <laughs> you, you have to actually get someone that is a uh, believer in NIL. Like, Teddy would scoff at the idea of uh, ever leading some sort of an NIL push. I can't wait to listen to him do that scoffing on my drive home in a few minutes. Oh, well, I, I assure you, he, he will be.
<laughs> like Brady Quinn, I'm sure, is a big believer in helping NIL, you know, using NIL to help Notre Dame get to the next level. Uh, Teddy wants OU to get to the next level. There's no doubt about that. I know for a fact that he does. I just don't think that he wants to help spearhead the NIL department to, to get that done. <laughs> oh, Teddy. Yeah, it's my my vote would go to Adrian Peterson, I think. Just because you also have to keep in mind, he is probably the highest profile alumnus of the OU football program in the country. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a, an NFL Hall of Famer. I, I mean, no doubt about that, right? Um, Sam Bradford, I think, would be a great submission, but Sam's not going to be an NFL Hall of Famer. Sam didn't play as long as Adrian Peterson has, so AD is probably – and he seems – you know, AD, he's been around the league quite a bit, and he's had a ton of success, but he still seems pretty passionate about the program. You know, no, he is. Going all the way back to the sideline in the Sugar Bowl when OU beat Alabama, and he's over there fist-pumping the entire time, and the ca- camera kept showing him. No, so. I mean, he is very passionate about the program. And whenever the time comes that Adrian Peterson realizes his time in the NFL is over, I think he's going to be heavily involved with the program at Oklahoma. Not necessarily in, like, a staff role, but he'll be the guy that's in a suite every single Saturday. I feel like he'll find just about any excuse he can to get back yeah. to Norman. Well, I, I I would hope so. I mean, that would be great for the program. He's going to have that opportunity, man. There's no doubt. I, I have a feeling the second he retires, BV will be shooting a text or a phone call over his way asking if he wants to maybe settle down in Norman with the fam. Because how can he not, man? He's, he's the golden boy. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.